From the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. To the Diz Unplug Roundtable Discussion Email Edition for July twenty third. Is that the right date? No, twenty second. Twenty second. Sorry, I'm I'm out of it today. I'm telling you, for some reason, I am just out of it. So we're also recording a different day this week. Yeah, like it's like my whole world has been thrown <laughs> for a loop because we're recording on a Monday instead of a Tuesday. It's sad, really. As I said, welcome to the Diz Unplug Roundtable Email Edition. I'm your host, Pete Warner, joined at the table this week by my good friends, Kathy Whirling, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi. It's another intimate, small group mm-hmm. for the recording email the email show. We had the same thing two weeks ago. Do you want us to sit wide and look like <laughs> no, this is, this is kind of nice. I kind of like this. Uh, Teresa's tending to her tattoo, sunburned daughter, and uh, Walter is uh, Walter's now recovering from being at the doctor. And getting his like whole body adjusted. Apparently, mm. the adjustment was so severe they had to give him muscle relaxers. <laughs> so, oh wow! Well, he's been in bad shape. He's been. What do you go to a witch doctor? This doctor does miracles. This is, this is a, his regular MD, but he's also a, a, mm. a chiropractor. And this guy does for him what no chiropractor has ever been able to do. I mean, he really helps him a lot. But uh, sometimes it gets to be a a big a big deal. He's got to do a lot of work. So. That's where Walter is. So we are going to read your emails and play your voicemails as we do on our every other week email show. If you'd like to send us a question or a comment uh, for the show, podcast at wdwinfo.com is the email address. You can also call us toll-free in the United States, Canada, and Mexico, one 310 local number 407-574-5093. Now, uh, we do our email shows uh, every two weeks, and on alternating weeks, we do our disboards.com show. So that will be next week when John's doing this, when I'm out in California frolicking. I will. There will, be, there will be frolicking. There will be frolicking in California. Thank God the iPhone has a movie camera on it. Yeah, really. You're going to film the frolicking? Yes, I will film the frolic <laughs> via FaceTime. Uh, and speaking of that, we're also we've been asking people to send in uh, videos uh, that we can uh, of their questions. Uh, it can be from your iPhone four. It can be from anything from your computer, your laptop, whatever. But uh, send those videos to podcast at www.info.com. What I do have to say, and this is not to be rude or mean or anything, uh, we are not able to give you any technical support in doing that. You you have to know how to do it or figure out how to do it. Uh, we've been getting a lot of technical support questions about how do I do this. Uh, really and truly, every setup is different. Every computer is different. Uh, we really, unfortunately, are just too busy to be able to provide that level of technical support. So um, you're going to have to you're going to have to fend for yourself on that. But if you do send uh, a video in and we use it on the show, you automatically get to pick a number. And we have, uh, how many did, we, did I pick this week? Three. We have three that we're going to play this week. We have some other ones that uh, we just can't get to this week. These will also be on the show notes page, podcast.wdwinfo.com, so you can actually see the videos. Obviously, I can't play them for you 
play the video portion for you over the air, but we are going to play the audio portion. So we're going to go ahead and get started with our first voicemail this week, which comes to us from Amanda in Illinois. Hi, podcast team. This is Amanda <laughs> from Illinois, or Stitches Great Fan on the message boards, although I'm more of a lurker. I have two quick questions for you. Um, last year when I went to Disney, I used the online checking and I'd like to use the online checking again, but this time I'm using the Dreams Unlimited Travel to uh, book my reservation. Thanks a lot, Kathy. And so I'm wondering if, since I didn't book through Disney, if I can still use the online check-in 10 days prior to arriving at Disney. And my other question is, I did a room-only reservation, um, and I'm going to be buying my tickets separately. So I'm wondering, do I have to carry around my room key and my park ticket at the same time, or once I get there, can I have them all merged onto one key to the world card so I don't have to worry about losing one or the other? Um, so if you could answer these questions for me, I'd appreciate it. Um, thanks. All right. Well, thank you uh, very much, Colleen, or uh, excuse me, Amanda, for calling in. Uh, we do need your contact information. If you could forward that to us, podcast at www.info.com. And a reminder to everyone, when you send in your voicemails, it is important that you include your email address so that we can get the information necessary to get you your T-shirt or pin and lanyard. So now to answer your questions, uh, first, uh, yes, if you book through Dreams Unlimited or any other travel agency, you are absolutely able to use online check-in. So. I'm not sure on how it is on the regular guest side, but we do have a special link from if you've booked through a travel agent. <clears throat> that you can use, and it's www.mydisneyreservation.com forward slash guest. And I just I would add the the caveat to that that sometimes with Disney system, um, it, it will come up and show no information. You know, you do have a reservation. Don't panic. Don't panic. Yes, it's just their system sometimes is a little bit strange. Disney's websites don't always work. What a surprise. I know. It's not surprising. I also want to mention, too, that if you've booked a cruise through Dreams Unlimited Travel or any other travel agency, you can still do the online check-in there as well as pre-booking your Palo, shore excursions, right. children's activities. Yeah, you don't lose any of those those right. uh, features right. booking through a travel agency. That's a question we see on the boards a lot. You know, Can I still do this stuff myself? Yes, you can do it. Plus, we send you an email that explains how, where to go, how to get there, and how to do it on your own. Now, what about... Uh, Getting the tickets separately and having them added to the key to the world card. Can yes, they, they can do that. Do that. Mm-hmm. Just like in the last show, we told Teresa she could have her tickets removed. Mm-hmm. You can add your tickets to your key to the world mm-hmm. card. So there you go, Amanda. Those are the answers to your question. We are done with you now. <laughs> Be gone. Poof. Be gone before someone drops a house on YouTube. All right. Who else? Email? I have one. Kevin. This comes from Allie. Quick question. I was wondering if you or... If you remember the Millennium Village that was open from 1999 to 2000 in Epcot, and do you know whatever happened to the building? Is it still used? And if so, what is it used for? Do any of you know if the decorations, theming, etc., are still in place inside the building? Thanks so much for all you do. Allie. Allie, Pete just told you we don't have any information from you. Actually, we have it on your email, but I don't have it here. I don't know how Julie's going to find this out. You might want to drop Julie a note. And at what, podcast at WDW Info with mm-hmm. your information so she can get you your swag also. Uh, yes, the building is still there. Yes, it's still used. Uh, the last time I was in the building was for 
the party for the senses. Kathy was there. Kathy mm-hmm. and her daughter and John. No, none of the decorations are inside. It is a great big shell that they decorate per use. Mm-hmm. It's used for special parties, special occasions, special events. But yes, the, the structure is still there. It can also be used for private parties. Mm-hmm. Uh, corporations can rent it out and use it. And also uh, a lot of cast member stuff goes on back there, too. They'll have uh, a lot of times when they have big corporate, uh, big uh, team meetings. We, Corey and I were there when they did uh, the give-a-day thing. They With did the it in there. Structure. And they you know, had all the big cans, and they were able to pull a tractor trailer in there, too, when they went to load it back up. So it's a pretty big place. And it's I've been there for man. Mother's Day. You've done the Mother, Mother's Day uh, yep. brunch there. I know they've held pin events in there. Mm-hmm. It's a great space. It's nice to see that it, it wasn't you know, wasted right? after they were... But no, nothing is nothing resembles what it was when it was Millennium Village. Mm-mm. It's now just wide open space. As a matter of fact, it's all black inside. The walls are painted black. The ceiling's black, so they can convert it to anything they want. Cool. Thank you for that, Kevin. Who else has one they want to read? I have one. This is from Jimmy Leonard, and I asked these questions on Facebook. Huh? James and- Leonard. <laughs> It says, Lady Kay, I have a question. What drugs do I need to give Amy to get her on the boat in December? So can I just knock her out until we get to sea? Oh, he's such a charmer. Such a typical <laughs> North Jersey charmer. Please tell her it's going to be fine. Please. Thanks. Well, I was one oh, of Oh, those- let me. Let me. Let me. <laughs> I just wanted to add that my the first time it took many, 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 many years for me to get on a cruise because I was afraid of cruising. It's going to be 25-foot swells. (laughs) Don't listen. Don't listen. Mr. Leonard, I have some bad news for you. Getting her on the ship is not going to be the problem. (laughs) Getting her off the ship is going to be the problem. Getting her off the ship and paying for the next several once she Mm -hmm. does it. That's going to be your bigger problem. Yeah. I mean, once I got on, I could kick myself that I waited that many years to go on a cruise. She'll love it. Now, just just for the record, uh, Jimmy Leonard, anybody who follows me on my Facebook page will, and I just did it the other other night, I taunt Jimmy Leonard all the time. If I'm somewhere, like I was at the California Grill, I'll put on my Facebook page, I'm at the California Grill and James Leonard isn't. I've been doing this for a year and a half now, Mm -hmm. ever since I started my Facebook page. Why I chose to start picking on this poor man, I have no (laughs) idea. But he's been a great sport, and he's actually a great guy. We had lunch when he was down for the uh, uh, when he was down for Dizzapalooza last year. And uh, in all seriousness, though, Amy, uh, my mother petrified, petrified of water. Just petrified. Once she did one cruise, she has fallen in love with it. Can't wait Mm -hmm. to do another. Has no fears of it anymore it's uh it really it's all good yeah. plus hey, you know, amy's not the only one i'm sure that that has these kind of questions so that's why i thought this was a good one to bring up to discuss that and the truth is i mean disney uh you know for a lot of people what they do is they suggest you start taking uh is it bonine or dramamine uh, a couple of days before uh you get on the ship so that it's in your system so that if there is any motion Usually in December, it's pretty good. Uh, you really have to worry about it more during hurricane season, especially September-October time frame when the, when the uh, Atlantic tends to be a little bit more active in terms of storms. But also keep in mind that Disney goes out of their way to move the ship around rough seas. Mm-hmm. They don't want their right. guests dealing with it. So if there's any way at all for them to get around anything like that. But 
We also have some suggestions up on our website about what to do. Like, don't drink a lot of alcohol on an empty stomach. Or fluids in general. Or, like like yeah. water, drink, uh, don't drink water, drink uh, carbonated drinks to mm-hmm. help your stomach. And yeah. focus on a point, like, out on the horizon. There's just different things that you See, can do. See, and it doesn't bother me. I tell you, it's so funny. I Because on the Mediterranean cruise, the last day of the Mediterranean cruise, they got, I guess they got bad weather information. And we went through a horrendous storm. By far, this was the worst uh, the worst seas I'd ever experienced. I mean, there were, I mean, there were, there was water coming up on the deck, mm. um, and they were clearing the deck. There was stuff flying off of, uh, you know, doors were flying off of like the towel, mm. the towel bins on the uh, uh, in the adult pool. I mean, it was crazy. And Max and I were fine. Max and I were, you know, we actually walked to get lunch. And we had to bring something back for Walter, who was laying in bed moaning. Um, Just so you know, on the Disney ship... But that's so... My point being, that's very rare. uh, I believe they offer... A free boning or Dramamine just mm-hmm. outside the infirmary. I believe it was ginger tablets that they had. I don't know if it was. It was. I remember them having something. They had at a guest services actually at a big bowl. What did we services. get? Wasn't it boning? Yeah, we actually got boning at the nurses' station. It was attached. There was a bucket attached to the door. Okay. Yeah. Well, on on the in the Mediterranean, it was at it was at uh, guest services. Um, so either nurses' station or guest services uh, will have it. Amy and Jimmy also just added two new. Um, Kitty cats. Kitty cats to their family. It's been a big discussion on the board, mm-hmm. so I was just going to say congratulations. It's going to be hard to get them on the boat, too. <laughs> You're really afraid of You're water. really going to have to convince Amy, them. Amy needs to train the cats to attack Jimmy. <laughs> just chew a Xanax. You'll be fine. <laughs> well, Thank you, Dr. Fieldgood. I was just going to say thanks, Courtney Love. <laughs> I guess that was my question. Is she just she doesn't know she's nervous about being on a cruise, or she knows she's going to get seasick? I, I mean, think she just, doesn't know. She doesn't know what to expect. And get Look, if you Don't. can survive, if you can survive life with James Leonard, <laughs> there's nothing on the Disney Wonder that can scare you. She'll Especially what I imagine he must look like when he wakes up in the morning. I mean. <laughs> Love you, Jimmy. All right. Well, thank you for that, Kathy. Now, while we're on uh, the Disney Cruise Line uh, subject, I've seen this email or this question come up several times about using Skype while on the Disney Cruise Line. A lot of people are wondering if they can use uh, Skype to keep in touch, whether it's through business or personal. Skype is blocked. Skype is blocked on board the ship. Blocked for good. So you can't even use text Skype? Um, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Um, I know that uh, they, at least on the Med Cruise, they were blocking. They were blocking Skype. The last, I don't know what we went on, podcast cruise, they blocked it as well. Yeah. Is that just because you're using a lot of their resources? Yeah. 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 It's a tremendous bandwidth. Well, yeah. It's just, I think it has less to do with the bandwidth and more to do with they want. If you're going to make phone calls off the ship, they want you either going through the cell carrier. That's okay. charging a premium on the ship, or the satellite connection that's costing you seven bucks a minute. I think mm. that's my—I okay. don't know that for a fact. That's just my 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 feeling on it. But uh, it's uh, and and in terms of computer use on the ship too, just let me settle this for everybody. You don't want to rely on Disney Cruise Line internet. It is terrible. <laughs> it is a terrible connection. Who else has an email they'd like to read? I do. 
Hey there, podcast crew. I'm listening to some old podcasts in order to catch up, and Corey mentions that he never rides the teacups due to nausea risk. The last time I rode that particular ride, I was 10 because it makes me sick, too. My question is, are there any other rides that you simply will not ride anymore at Walt Disney World? If so, why won't you ride them? Thanks. I'm Dr. Witz on the boards, and I sang the Swedish chef song on the podcast ages ago. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, it's only the teacups. That's the only ride I will not do. I can handle going upside down on roller coasters. I can handle... Mission Space. I went and did the, um, what's the ride at Inventions? The new one. Some of all thrills. Some of all thrills. I went and did that the other day. I went to the extreme with multiple mm. flips and all that stuff. I'm able to handle that, but I just can't do the teacups at all. So the little girly ride. The little girly do. ride. I can't do the little. <laughs> now, I think the, the, not because I get sick, but just because I don't like them. Um, anything that goes upside down, I, I just, I won't do. Roller coasters, I just, uh, when I was a kid, yes, but, and again, not because I get sick on them per se, just, I just don't, don't like them. For me, it's Dinosaur or Indiana Jones. It hmm. always hurts my back. Yeah. No matter what it is, I yeah. always come off of that with a bad back. You're right, Dinosaur, I can't stand that one either. It's just, just too yeah, rough. Those, yeah, those don't bother me, though. There's a couple for me. I, um, I won't ride Mission Space. I don't like the feeling of being enclosed like that. I haven't ridden rock and roller coaster. I don't want to go upside down. I don't ride Tower of Terror anymore, but I have. It just it's a kind of makes the drop makes me sick to my stomach and I always think why ruin the rest of your day? Um and the other one is I don't ride uh Space Mountain anymore. I've explained I'm really tall and I can see those cross beams, so I spend the entire ride trying to crouch down in my seat so I don't get decapitated. Mm. <laughs> And your neck winds up hurting. Well, I'm a ride wimp, so I don't do roller coasters to begin with. But I also I did Tower Terror once. I just don't like that free fall feeling. I agree. See, there are some like you talked about rock and roller coaster. I don't even. It doesn't even occur to you that you're going upside down. It's just I know going in. Right. You can. So I don't go in. Gotcha. <laughs> I wait with everybody up until we get to the chicken exit, and then I tell them goodbye. Yep. The only roller coaster that kind of messes me up for about 10 minutes afterwards is Dueling Dragons or Dragon Challenge now. Something really? about that one just messes with my equi- equilibrium. I'm like, woo. I have to kind of stand still. I'm too for a tall bit. for that one, I think. <laughs> Do you? Yeah. Are you? That's good enough. <laughs> All right. Who else has an email they'd like to read? I have one. Mine's from Carol, and she's from somewhere in the UK. I don't feel like trying to pronounce it. Oh, what the heck was that? <laughs> That was my hydro flask tipping over. Sorry. Hi, podcast crew. Uh, really enjoying listening to you all. We're staying at Old Key West in September, and we'll be on the quick service dining plan. I was wondering about Olivia's Cafe. I appreciate it as a full table service restaurant, but there are times during. But are there times during the day you can just order coffee and cake? I think that we may be struggling at this resort if we're looking for just a snack. And also, after listening to Kevin's review, I'd love to try the key lime pie. Um, Carol, it is a full-service restaurant, but doesn't mean you have to get a meal. I mean, you can sit down and get a piece of key lime pie or a piece of pie and cake. No, I said I read something different in there. She wants was, to know if she can use... The dining plan, I was and you can't. That. I was just going to get that. Oh. So we're jumping all over you? You are. Okay. <laughs> That's because you talk slow. I'm sorry. However, you can't just say, I want to use my quick-service dining plan option 
for coffee and cake at a sit-down restaurant. It doesn't work that way. You have to go to a quick-service dining location to use your quick-service dining plan. So if you want to just go, I mean, it's... five ninety-five for right. a piece of key lime pie. Right. Go and have a key lime pie. Go have a cup of coffee. It's going to be great. It's going to be a lot of fun. Use your quick service somewhere else. Go to the if you have them left over. Go to um, the gift shop and get some candy or something. All right, our next voicemail comes to us from Nell in Indiana. Jumbo, everybody, and welcome aboard Kilimanjaro Safaris. My name is Ooh, wrong spiel. <laughs> Hey, podcast crew, this is Nell Sweater and June on the boards calling from Northwest Indiana. I'm contacting you for advice because I've hit a depressing realization. I'm getting married in February of next year. That's not it. And no, we're not having a Disney honeymoon because I used to work there and, well, that's just not right. I love Orlando. I've lived there on two separate occasions and would move back in a heartbeat. Unfortunately, my fiancé hates heat and humidity, blaming his genetic high blood pressure. This seems easy enough, except for the fact that I am a graduate student in elementary education. That said, for the time being, at least until I convince him to move to Florida, we will have to plan Disney vacations. Now, we're planning a Walt Disney World vacation for approximately a year from now, next summer, which is fine for one vacation, but are we doomed to spend the rest of our Walt Disney World vacation in hordes of people and or sweltering heat? I'm a huge Disney fan, but I don't know if any amount of magic can overcome that. So... When is the best time for teachers to go to Walt Disney World? Please help me. Help us and the start of our family and all the magical adventures we'll have with Disney in our future. I love the podcast. I've been listening for years. It's been a wonderful year abroad in Germany. And I listened constantly knowing I would be moving to Florida upon my return. And you kept the magic alive for me when I was so far away. Your feature on Fair Compare while I was over there helped me to save about $1,000 on my return flight, so thank you. Thanks so much for doing what you do. Keep up the great work. Hope to hear from you all soon. Bye. Well, thank you very much for calling in now. Glad the information helped. Um, What's a teacher to do? When's the best time for a teacher to travel to Walt Disney World when they're laid off? (laughs) Um, It's really tough because, uh, you know, obviously the the schedule at uh, at Disney is, you know, the crowds at Disney are commensurate with when kids are out of school. What do you think, guys? I think sometimes if you check your your schools, uh, if you still get them, I don't know if a lot of schools don't get anymore, fall and, and uh, winter or spring breaks, sometimes those are staggered enough that you're not really here during the really bad times, mm-hmm. the really crowded times. Now, I understand that a lot of school districts and a lot of states have coordinated this, so people are usually off at the same time, and some places don't even get 
these brakes anymore. They've just done away with them. So, but if your spring or winter or fall break falls at a time where other people don't usually travel, you might have a better opportunity than over the summer or over Christmas. I think that's a, probably going to be your only uh, your only blessing. Um, that it's it's just if you're a teacher, unfortunately, yeah, yeah. you can't take you can't take time off. During during the year during the school year, and when you are out of school, so are so is usually most everybody else. So, uh, you know, this is where it you know it comes down to, uh, you know, if you if you really take your time and you plan well, you can mitigate a lot of these lines. You don't have to wait in, uh, you know two-and-a-half-hour lines. You don't have to deal with the hordes of people if you know when to get there, when to get out, what to go, what to do when you're, when you're in a park, what parks to go to on what days. You know, that's what, you know, the site, the show, the boards, everything is, is here for. So, um, you know, I hate to give you a cliche answer like plan more, but really I think that's probably going to be your best bet. Also, it sounds like because she was a cast member at one time and she's been here quite a bit, it might not be, don't look at it as, I have to do all these things. Pick the things you want to do and realize you're mm-hmm. not going to get as much done during the busier times. Or tell your, tell your fiancé to go become independently wealthy so you don't have to work. <laughs> now, if you have a fiancé who doesn't like heat and humidity, no matter how much you plan... That's not going to help them. It's not going to help. However, spring break, the weather's beautiful. President's week. Right. Is it crowded? Yep, the kids are out of school. But as Pete just said, you can plan around that and get rid of some of that wait time. But the weather's better. I I knew that wasn't the real Kilimanjaro safari spiel. Because no one who ever does the Kilimanjaro safari spiel speaks that well. Yeah, really. (laughs) Usually, it's like teachers from the Peanuts. Or Charlie Brown. Yeah, it's Peanuts, right? Mm -hmm. Same thing. All right. Well, thank you very much, Nell, for calling in. We have... I loved your movie. (laughs) (laughs) Who else has an email they'd like to read? I have one. This is from Allison Page, and this is also from Facebook. My son is dying to see Buzz on our next trip. He wants to be Buzz when he grows up. Rather than hanging out in Tomorrowland all day waiting, can a cast member tell us when Buzz might be around? Yes, they can. Tim, Um, Tim wanted to be buzzed. (laughs) <laughs> I guess we're what is wrong with you? There's a lot of things. <laughs> so the the, the, the cast members you haven't got enough time. The cast members do have something that's called a telecast. I think I have that right, and they should be able to tell you. If not, you can go to guest relations, and they'll be able to tell you when Buzz is going to be making an appearance, so you don't have to hang around all day in Tomorrowland. If he wants to have his picture taken with Buzz, you can always do that in front of Once Upon a Toy. And Buzz has his own area now back by Carousel. Is where he can Are the Toy Story characters back in front of Once Upon a Toy or is it um is it the new ones? Is it is it Fuzzy Bear or whatever his name is or Huggy Bear? Um lots of the one that's in uh, <laughs> uh Huggy Bear is an entirely different character. Is it? That's Starsky and Hutch. Yeah, really. No, that was Vegas. <laughs> no, it was Starsky and Hutch was Huggy yeah. Bear. Was, uh, was yeah. It? yeah. I don't know. The Street Informer. I yeah. haven't seen the movie. I don't know what they're called. Oh, Mommy, Mommy, I want my picture taken with the crack addict. <laughs> it's Huggy Bear. 
What? Did you know what the name of the bear is? Uh huh. What is it? Lotso. Lotso Loving Bear. And that's not creepier than Hugging Bear. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't Hugging Bear. And Lotso's actually a villain. <laughs> so anyway, yes, you can find out where Buzz is going to be. And Huggy Bear. Yes, he'll be out in front of World of Crack. You can ask any cast member where any character is going to be. So if you ask three of them, they'll all tell you something different. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that. <laughs> should we redo this one? Really? Should we start over? Oh no! It's just we, we, we've been we've been here for four hours, so we're mm-hmm. it's and it's just, starting it's, to get warm. It's, in it's the starting afternoon. to get ugly. Yeah, this is right. starting to get ugly. So. No, I think we've answered the question. I think we've we've dispatched with that question <laughs> adequately. No, we'll ask it ever again. <laughs> I know where they can find Woody. <laughs> Corey, do you have one you want to read? No. I do. <laughs> Let's change the subject. I'm just trying to move on as fast as possible. This is from Craig Johnson in Hicks in Tennessee. Hi guys, I have an A B D question for you. I noticed that on the ABD trips that you are responsible for your own airfare to and from the excursion. I also noticed that the majority of these trips start and end in different cities. In your experience, has this caused a problem for you or made airfare much more expensive than if you flew to and from the same location? Are international fares as expensive for one-way flights that it might make sense to fly back to the starting point from the ending point of the excursion, or do you guys, or do you have any other advice to deal with this challenge? Thanks for the insight. I know a few of it have taken international trips. Uh, yes, it's usually more expensive to do a three-point flight. However, almost none of the ABD trips start and end in the same location. International so, trips, yeah. Even. The other trips don't But, I mean, if you did a backstage magic, you could still fly out of LAX. Right. But as far as international trips, as far as flying back to your original destination to get a round-trip flight, I find that most of the adventures by Disney's, the adventure by Disney trips, are usually fairly active. And by the time adding that to your journey, I don't know if you would save money doing it. Or if the hassle of adding a whole other leg to your airfare. Once your trip is over, your luggage is then your responsibility again. The ABD will help you get it to your point of departure. But after that, you're on your own again. So adding another leg in there, I think just, you know, you might have to add another night's stay. It's one of those things that you're actually going to have to price out on your own. When we flew to Italy, we flew from the U.S. to Rome, but our trip ended and we flew back from Venice. I don't think it was any more expensive to do it that way. Now, also, ABD does offer assistance with air. They will book your air for you and make that as easy as possible. It doesn't really change the price. It just means you don't have to do it. There you go. Thank you, Kevin. All right, who else has an email they'd like to read? I have one. Mine's from Timothy in Rocky Mount, Virginia. I have a voucher for a free park ticket to the Give a Day, Get a Day program. Is it possible to use it for Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party? If I redeem it as standard one-day ticket, is it possible to add the park hopper option to the ticket? Thanks for all you do. Um, You cannot use it for Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party. 
um, you have to use it for a park admission. And I'm not sure you can switch that to a regular ticket, can you? I don't believe so. Right. I knew the first part of this question. I didn't know the second part. My my answer is I don't think you can change that to a regular ticket. You just have to use it as is. Right. You could use it as a regular ticket. You can't change it to a party ticket. Park hopper? Can you change it to a park hopper? Was the second part of the question. Um, that I'm not sure. I guess I should have researched this. I guess you should have. You're so busy railing over Chippendale. <laughs> I can't get over Chippendale. Will I find them? You can't get away from them. <laughs> Chippendale, Chippendale. And you shouldn't be swinging sticks in the Magic Kingdom anymore. <laughs> and as far as the second part of your question goes, yes, you can uh, add the park hopping to the give-a-day, get-a-day ticket. You can also use that uh, value of that ticket for another ticket. So if you wanted to make it a three- or four- or five-day park hopper, you can then... Or an annual pass. Or an annual pass mm-hmm. or a multi-day ticket. So those are your answers. Cool. Sticking to them. Thank you very much, John. Our final voicemail this week comes from Colleen. Hi, podcast team. This is Colleen, also known as CB Workout on the boards. Um, we were on vacation in Colorado and stopped at the Fluorescent Fossil Beds National Monument And during our tour, the park ranger told us an interesting story, and I thought I would share it with your listeners. So just to give you a little background on the fluorescent fossil beds in Colorado, it's just a little bit west of Colorado Springs, and millions of years ago, they had giant redwoods growing there. A volcano erupted some uh, 30 million years ago or so, and um, the fossilized those redwoods that were growing there, along with all the other plants and animals. So the area is rich with all different kinds of fossils, including these giant petrified stumps from the redwood trees. Now, the area was declared a national monument back in the 60s, but before that time, it was privately owned and operated as a roadside tourist attraction. So this story takes place back in the 50s when you could, you know, come in and pay your 50 cents and get in and view the fossils and the petrified wood. So anyway, the owners were about to close up shop for the day when a big black car drove up and a well-dressed man got out and wanted to see the fossils. So he came in and looked around and pointed to a giant fossilized redwood stump and said, how much do you want for that? And so they said, you know, of course, they said, you know, sorry, it's not for sale. And anyway, it's so heavy, you'd never be able to move it out of here. But of course, the man persisted and apparently offered a large amount of cash. So the deal was done. And a few days later, a big crane came out to the property and hauled off the fossilized redwood stump. Of course, you've probably guessed by now that the man was Walt Disney, and he was looking for artifacts to use as props for Disneyland. And the fossilized redwood stump wound up in Frontierland. Mm. That story made me wonder if you had seen that fossil or heard that story on any of your Disneyland tours. I can kind of imagine Walt Disney traveling around the country looking for artifacts for his park. And I bet there's a lot of stuff out there like that to be found in Disneyland if only you knew where to look. So anyway, that's my story. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for listening. Well, thank you very much for that, Colleen. Appreciate you sharing that with us. Uh, I had never heard of that. That's the first time I, I heard that story. I, I think the rest of that story is he bought that for Lillian. And she didn't want it, and it ended up because there's a plaque on the because I have pictures of it on the stump as it's sitting there. But I think he bought it as a gift. And where is this stump again? 
Frontierland. Frontierland. But where in Frontierland do you know? I'd have to look at my S- picture. I just remember Stump Square. It. <laughs> yeah. no look for Chippendale. Stump Island. Yeah, like Chippendale. No matter where you ever go in life, please do not come home with a stump. <laughs> I got my stump for you. That's why I remembered the story. Like, oh, honey, look what I got you. You got me a and she's, stump. Uh, and she was like, what? Uh, a string of pearls would kill you? Yeah. <laughs> we were in the Disney Family Museum. And downstairs, uh, there is a couple of, I think there's a theater where they have special events. And outside the theater in the little waiting area. Billions and bomb, bomb body. <laughs> no, there are um, all movie posters for Disney movies, but in foreign languages. And the lady that was there was explaining us, to us that Diane Disney Miller had traveled throughout Europe collecting these for this museum and did everything under an assumed name. And was shocked at how much Disney memorabilia actually cost, even in foreign languages. This has nothing to do with this time <laughs> story. Cool. However, it was another artifact. No, it's, story. Mm-hmm. it's you know four hours of recording. We're just <laughs> our minds are going wherever our minds go. <laughs> I mean, think about how cool it must have been to to have that kind of freedom. When you were looking for things to put in your theme park, mm-hmm. it's kind of like how when I go out shopping for my house. Where can I put a stump? It <laughs> takes a tractor. Bring a crane. Bring a crane. That's when you go to Best Buy. Yeah, really? <laughs> I'll have six gallons of capers. <laughs> In a canoe. That's Costco or BJ's. <laughs> oh, yeah. I said Best Buy. I thought you said BJ's. <laughs> All right, no good, no good can come from this conversation or in, in furthering this show any longer. So with that, we're going to wrap it up for this week, folks. We hope you enjoyed the show. We will be back with you again next week with another edition of the Diz Unplugged Roundtable. Thanks for listening. I think I stopped listening a while ago. And, and remember, stay out of the damn lakes. And stay away from Chippendale. <laughs> Creepy rodents. Creepy rodents.